This is the sermon podcast for Bering Memorial United Methodist Church, a reconciling congregation located deep in the heart of Houston, Texas. For more information, please go to bearingumc.org. Welcome to the Bering Six-Week Lenten Bible Study. We'll be studying the biblical book Galatians, which is actually a letter from the Apostle Paul to churches he helped start in Galatia, a region probably located in what is now modern-day Turkey or nearby. We will also be using Dr. Elaine Heath's book, God Unbound. If you don't have a copy of the book, you can get one from the church office. I encourage you to read the entire book of Galatians each week during the study. There are only six chapters, and they are short, so you can read one chapter a day each week. By the time we are finished, you will know that book quite well. You can also work your way through Dr. Heath's book by reading a chapter or two each week. As we begin, there are two striking things that I want you to pay close attention to in this letter by the Apostle Paul to the churches in Galatia. The first is the conversion of the Apostle Paul who prior to his conversion was known as Saul. The second is that Paul, the former stringent keeper and enforcer of Hebrew law and tradition, is deeply concerned that false teaching about keeping Hebrew law and tradition is a threat to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's start by seeing what we can learn about who Saul was before he met the resurrected Christ and how he became the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul has a conversion experience on the road to Damascus that radically changes both him and his understanding of who God is and how God acts in the world. Details about Saul's life before his conversion, as well as details about his conversion experience and its impact, are recorded in the book of Acts, chapters 7 through 9, the book of Philippians chapter 3, and the book of Galatians. I encourage you to read those scriptures when you have time. They will help you understand how radical Paul's conversion experience was, as well as how radical his understanding of the gospel was for those who heard him following his conversion. Here's a quick summary about Saul prior to his conversion. He was a Roman citizen with all of its privileges. He was highly educated in the Hebrew scriptures, including the Torah, the law, and the prophets. In addition, he was more versed in the traditions of Judaism than most of his peers. He was a zealous student and keeper of the law and the tradition, of the religious rules that determined who had access to God and who didn't, that determined who was acceptable to God and who wasn't. He was a Pharisee and blameless under the law. He kept and enforced it vigorously. If anyone knew what the scripture said and required, it was this guy. Before his conversion, Saul understood violations of the law to be a threat to the integrity of the faith of those who believed in the God of Israel. Violators of the law were to be pursued and punished. They were to be held accountable for their actions because the faith of Israel was at stake. I can easily imagine Saul saying, if there are a hundred violations, there will be a hundred trials. 
Saul violently persecuted the early Christians for daring to violate the law of God in naming Jesus Christ as the Messiah. The crucifixion of Jesus meant that Jesus was cursed under the law and therefore cursed by God. And anyone who followed him was cursed as well. Saul approved the killing of a Christian leader by the name of Stephen. He is described in Acts chapter 9, Saul is, as breathing threats and murder against the disciples of Jesus who were known as followers of the way. Just prior to his conversion, Saul went to the high priest and asked for letters to the synagogue at Damascus. In essence, these letters were letters of chargeable offenses against followers of the way. Paul wanted to bring them back bound to Jerusalem. He was going to enforce the rules come hell or high water because for him, the purity of the faith was at stake. But as Saul was traveling along the road to Damascus, letters to the synagogue in hand, he had an encounter with the risen Christ. In that encounter, a light from heaven flashed around him with such power that it knocked him to the ground and blinded him. And in his blindness, he hears a voice saying, Saul, Saul, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Why are you persecuting me? The encounter with the living Christ leaves Saul blind. After this encounter, God tells a man named Ananias, who is a follower of the way of Jesus, to pay a visit to Saul. Ananias is absolutely terrified of Saul and argues with God about this command to go visit him. I can just imagine the conversation. God, isn't Saul the guy that is killing all of us? Didn't he come to Damascus to take us all back in chains to Jerusalem? To lodge accusations of chargeable offenses so that we can be put on trial and killed as blasphemers? Don't you know that, God? Don't you know how dangerous it would be for me to visit him? Whatever the conversation, God insists and Ananias obeys. God uses Ananias to heal Saul's blindness and Saul becomes Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, the killer of the followers of the way becomes the champion of the good news of Jesus Christ for all people. As a result of his conversion, Paul proclaims a gospel that reinterprets everything he thought he knew and understood from all of his training in the scriptures and the tradition. Paul is crystal clear that this is a new revelation not given to him by human hands or thoughts or his study or the tradition, but it's been given to him by the revelation of Jesus Christ himself, and that, and that alone, is his authority. In this new revelation, Jesus Christ says that Gentiles receive full inclusion as joint heirs with Christ alongside the Jews and that they do not have to keep the Jewish law or tradition. This is a major shift in Paul's understanding. Gentiles who were an abomination under the law are now fully included without having to keep the law. Their inclusion has nothing to do with keeping the law. Salvation is through faith in Christ alone. The evidence of faith in Christ 
is not the keeping of the law, but the presence of the Holy Spirit. And the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, generosity, and self-control. Paul makes it clear that this new revelation cannot be compromised. It is a direct revelation of Jesus Christ, and it has nothing to do with salvation by law. It's not that Christ throws out the law, but rather Christ redefines it and gives us, the believer, the gift of the Spirit. It is the presence of the Spirit that marks the life of believers and shapes their conduct as Christians. It is the fruit of the Spirit that bears witness that we are indeed made new in Christ. This new revelation that the keeping of the law is not required is so central to the gospel for Paul that Paul curses anyone who preaches any other gospel. We'll dig more into Paul's letter and the importance of listening to the Spirit as the guide for our lives as we move through Lent. But for now, let's turn for a moment to Dr. Elaine Heath's book, God Unbound. In the introduction, Dr. Heath talks about the great anxiety within the modern institutional church, about the anxiety of holding on to traditions and rules, and notes that the tradition and rules we are so desperately seeking to hold on to are rooted in our own culture and they are only little t traditions. She suggests that as followers of Christ, we are called to reinterpret our little t traditions in the context of the more ancient universal tradition of God. The Apostle Paul was steeped in the little t tradition of Israel and the law. The enforcement of that tradition defined his actions in the world until he had an encounter with the risen Christ. After that encounter, Paul reinterprets the Jewish tradition in light of a greater tradition that lies behind all of our traditions. Dr. Heath asserts that in his letter to the Galatians, Paul points to a greater, broader, vastly more expansive, inclusive tradition that lies behind our cultural and even religious traditions. In Galatians, Paul offers wisdom to help us move beyond fearful and paralyzing questions about racial, sexual, and spiritual otherness, which flow from our limited interpretation of the tradition. Here are some questions that you might discuss together or reflect upon from this week's readings and study. Feel free to come up with your own questions. Dr. Heath asks, if Paul as a faithful follower of the God of Israel, could have misunderstood how their traditions and the law applied to those outside the Jewish community, perhaps we should ask ourselves to what extent our current understanding of the church and its tradition needs to be re-examined and reinterpreted. Which of those things that we as a church cling to so adamantly are actually necessary for inclusion in the family of God. How much of that tradition is actually necessary for a group of Jesus followers to constitute the church? Dr. Heath asserts, The God we love, the God revealed in Christ, is much bigger than we ever knew. 
God has never been bound by our theology and our traditions. It is now time for us to seek the unbound God. What about that assertion frightens you? What concerns do you have? What possibilities does it open for us in sharing the good news of the gospel with those who we consider other and incompatible? Can you share a time in your faith journey when the Spirit opened you up to new possibilities, to a broader tradition behind the tradition? I think that gives us plenty to work on for this first week. Enjoy the study, challenge yourself, and dig deep. We'll work some more next week.